This podcast is sponsored by Mental Health Declassified. MHD is a nonprofit organization that aims to create safe spaces within communities to break the stigma surrounding mental health and wellness. With the intent to recognize and highlight the connection between real life experiences and mental health through storytelling, they are advocating to bridge the gap between communities and accessible resources. Check out the link in my episode notes to learn more about Mental Health Declassified. Hey, welcome to The Revolutionized Mind, a platform about all things mental health. I'm your host, Angelica Galuzzo, and on this show, we use real stories and eye-opening conversations to make you feel less alone and a little more optimistic about what's ahead of you. Come on a journey with me. Bring your most authentic self and let's revolutionize the mind. Reforming society, repairing your mentality, restoring your life. This is The Revolutionized Mind. Hello, hello, happy Friday and thank you so much for joining me for this week's episode. I haven't been feeling the best lately so I'm going to keep this short and sweet but I think this episode is so inspiring and relatable and there are so many different pieces of advice, information, mindset shifts, anything that you can take away and hopefully apply to your own life. So Kevin is extremely honest and real in this conversation, which I appreciate so much. You know, we can't have these conversations if we're skimming over the dark stuff or really not talking about them openly and honestly. So I'm just really grateful for the way that Kevin showed up to this interview and really highlighted the power of vulnerability, authenticity, self-love, and I just think there's so much to take away here. So again, thank you so much for being here, and I hope you enjoy. So today I'm here with Kevin Boucher, who is a mindset coach with lots of experience in the professional world, as well as mentoring people personally, professionally. And I'm really excited to learn some of your experiences and hear some of what you have to offer today. So do you want to just start off by introducing yourself and telling us a little bit more about who you are? Sure. Um, thanks very much, Angelica, for having me. Um, this is a it's an it's a new uh, format for me, so I'll try to not pass out uh, throughout the process. Um, so, like you said, my name is Kevin Boucher, and uh, I am a mindset coach. I've become a, a certified professional coach in the last couple of years with a company called IPAC out of uh, the United States. Um, so I have a couple of designations, which, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a CPC, so certified professional coach, and I'm also accredited with the ICF, the International Coaching Federation, as a, an associate uh, certified coach. And I, so I, I'm also an entrepreneur. I, I, I own a large mortgage brokerage, where I actually have a partner, uh, and myself own a large mortgage brokerage here in Toronto. And um, I have, you know, probably uh, 35 years of business experience and uh, sales and marketing background and those types of things. Amazing. And I always just love when people are kind of able to combine those passions with professional lives, personal lives. It's always just interesting to see kind of how people go in that direction. Um, So I know you've also had a bit of a mental health journey to get you to where you are today. So if you're comfortable sharing, can you just explain a little bit about what that looked like and how it led you into this space? Yeah, um, I I, I have absolutely had an interesting mental health journey. Um, You know, it was it was a kind of an interesting situation in and and I, I don't think this is so dissimilar for a lot of people. You know, I, I had a lot of success in my life. I, you know, but like everybody else, I had some, I had some struggles. And and so one of the things that I struggled with was weight. And uh, you know, so I, I I had some issues around that, and I had I had a lot of issues around self image and those types of things. And you know, at the end of uh, of uh, a marriage, and you know, all of that, um, and that you know, the, all the struggles that that sort of come with that. I, everything was moving along pretty good. You know, I, things, things were, things were sort of, uh, things were sort of happening. It was, it was good. I had, I had my own business, you know, but then I, I kind of burnt out 
and uh, decided that I didn't want this business anymore. I didn't want to. I didn't want to do the things that I was doing because I found myself to be, you know, pretty unhappy. And 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 then I I found a new partner. Um, so we closed down. I closed down one business with a partner and then opened another business. And I thought what I really wanted was I wanted kind of autonomy. I wanted somebody to run this business for me because it was sort of some of the stuff that I didn't want to do. And I got exactly what I wanted. But what I didn't understand is that I was I was walking into a world of this massive transition. And um, so what I found was I, I, I no longer had a place. I, I, I had been sort of the, the center of a particular universe for a long time with a, a successful mortgage agents and a lot of people who relied on me. And, and suddenly, because this new partner was uh, so dynamic and did such a great job, um, she took the company to places where, you know, I couldn't even imagine, but I sort of felt like I didn't have a place anymore. And I, I didn't, I didn't feel like I, I really, I was really passionate about, you know, allowing the business to go in a different direction because I think the industry had to go in a different direction. And, you know, to be honest, I really wanted to be a part of something that was, that was women centric and, and led by women, because I, I personally believe that that's the future. I think, I think the world would be a better place if more women were in charge. And, and, you know, because of that, I, I got really unclear about, about where, what my role was and where I belonged in that business, because I, I sort of thought, you know, the last thing that a woman centric business needs is some crotchety old guy who's been around for 30 years to tell him what to do and stuff. And so, so I, I took a I took a real huge step back, but then I found that I didn't have a purpose. And when I sort of lost the purpose, I I started to I started to question a lot of things about myself and about about sort of you know where I belonged and what I was doing and and uh, you know those types of questions. And and you know then COVID happened, and like every like a lot of people, I mean not everybody else, but a lot of people, you know, went through a lot of suffering. And I was no exception to that. I, I, you know, I, I sort of sat on the couch for two years and didn't do a whole lot. I, you know, I, I, I sort of stopped growing. I stopped reading. I stopped, you know, I, I self-medicated with, uh, with, with marijuana. I, and then, you know, if I was going to do something, well, it would have to be my job. So it was, you know, it just, and, and what I realized was that, um, you know, that this, that I wasn't, wasn't really showing up in a way for my business partner and and you know for my family for my kids the people who were watching me sort of self-destruct um and then I started to get really hard on myself right I'm like oh my god and then and then you know the the sort of spiral just got worse and and worse and worse and and you know until it kind of I guess it bottomed out like like a lot of things do and I sort of had to start asking myself better questions and and some of those, you know, some of those questions that seem obvious to people wasn't so obvious for me while I was going through it, right? I was, I was sort of living through this, this kind of nightmare of, you know, and then for somebody who had been as successful as I was in, in a number of different businesses and had really positively impacted a lot of people, you know, that that sort of the gap between what I should have been in my mind, you know, I use the, the, the term should have been and what I was was so great that I thought, Oh my God, I'm never going to get back. And, and, you know, which led to more self doubt and more self uh, self-destructive talk and stuff. And, and so that's, that, that was that part of the journey. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. And I'm wondering what some of those questions were when you found yourself kind of at that bottom, like what were you really asking yourself to lead into this new phase of your life? Well, I think the thing that led to the bottom really was, listen, there was, there was a point. And if I'm, if I'm being completely honest, I guess we should be on these, uh, (laughs) you know, on a forum like this is, did I want to live? Right. Like, and, and, you know, it was, it was so interesting. And I, I think the thing that sort of turned things around for me was in, in 2021, um, just after Halloween, I got, I got kind of sick and uh, that led me to like, I got, like I got, I got sick to the point where, where I, I didn't know what was wrong. I didn't want to go to the hospital because of COVID and I didn't want to be, you know, subjected to that. And I, it wasn't COVID related, but it was, it was sort of intestine related. There was, uh, I was having a problem there. And, uh, 
I lost 40 pounds in, in um, like 10 days. And, you know, there was, there was lots of uh, physical ailments and stuff. And, and prior to that, I was sort of thinking, do I really want to like, like, do I want to live? Right. Like that was, those were questions that I was asking myself and I wasn't really seeking help. And, and I, and I don't think that I was at a point where, you know, that was going to be a possibility, but I was certainly going down that path. And then when I got sick, I, I kind of thought, well, you know, I got to get better. And then if I, then I started to think, well, if I got to get better, that means I must want to live. So that answers that question. And, and then the second thing that happened, which kind of, which was kind of cool is, is I looked at myself and I thought, oh my God, like I look like a, a shriveled up old man. And, and that was my first thought. And, and at the time I was carrying you know, a considerable amount of weight before I got sick. And, and that, that sort of losing 40 pounds, I, I looked at myself and thought, oh, well, yeah, I could work with this. And, and so two things happened there that was sort of the, the beginning of the bounce back, if, if, if that's a, an analogy I can use, is, is first of all, I decided that I wanted to live. And the second thing was, is uh, that I saw, I saw that, uh, what a person could look like, you know, after. And, and, and so, um, you know, I didn't have a vision of that prior to that. And then I started to ask myself a little better questions, right? And so if 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 I really wanna if I really wanna live, if this is the life I want, what life do I want? What, you know, how how do I show up as my best self? How do I get how do I improve? How do I get better? You know, the, the questions I was asking myself prior to that was what's wrong with you? You know, you know what's we, you know how to do this. And and why can't you do it? Why can't you why can't you work through this? Why can't you power through this? Why can't you, you know, I mean, I was on uh, anti-anxiety meds and, and depression meds and stuff. And, and, you know, all of those things. And, and why isn't this working? And well, what's wrong with you? And why are you flawed? And 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 so it was more of a it was it was more it was a lot of judgment, right? A lot of like so much judgment. And, and, and then, then I used to, you know, then I would think that, uh, oh my God, my, you know, my kids see this and they're thinking this of me. And, and my wife is thinking this of me and my business partner's thinking, you know, negatively of me. And, and, and it led to, to that. But as soon as I started to apply a little bit of curiosity instead of judgment, you know, which, you know, curiosity is the opposite of judgment. And, you know, that led me to, you know, pick up books again and started to read and started to sort of rebuild. And, then that led to coaching, you know, then, then I, at the end of 2021, I reached out uh, to a, a coach and uh, his name is David Graham from edge three, I think is the name of his company. And he had spoke at one of our events and, and I, I did one session with him and, and I, you know, I, I had a breakthrough and I had, I had some experience with coaching in the past and um, but nothing like this, it was all high performance coaching and it was, you know, that sort of thing. And I, and I thought, oh, oh you know, this, this coaching thing is kind of cool. And, and then I started to think, well, maybe I don't need a coach. Maybe I need to become a coach. Maybe I need to, to, to sort of go down that path and, and explore what that might look like and stuff. And, and that's really, you know, that was the, the place that, that led me to, um, you know, become a mindset coach or become, first of all, a, a certified coach. And then, and then to later, you know, decide that my, my niche or my specialty was going to be in, in mindset, because really mindset is the key to everything, right? It's just, it's, it's the, it's the jumping off point of, of all things, because if you think you can, or you think you can't, you're most likely right. And then it's a matter of, of, of shifting that energy into something that's more productive. I don't know if that answered your question, but. Yeah, no, it definitely did. Um, I And I love what you were saying about like moving away from judgment into curiosity. Um, and just the fact that mindset is such a big part of our lives, but it's such a hard thing to actually work with, like understand the depth of it and then actually apply it to our lives. Yeah. And when you were kind of talking a bit about your story, it sounded like you were struggling a bit with that mentality piece and thinking negatively in your own mind. So when you started going through this coaching process and learning more about mindset, what were some of the things that really stuck out to you and how were you able to apply that to your own life? Yeah, thanks. It's a, that's a great question. Um, so the first thing was, is I had to get really honest, right? I just, I just, and, and not honest in a judgmental sort of way, it, honest in a way that it just, listen, this just is, right? We don't, we don't know, we don't know where we're going sometimes, you know, not because we can't see the future, but we don't even know where we are right? Like, like where we really are. And so, you know, some of the work that I did with IPEC, which was, it was really important to me. Um, you know, I think the first, the first thing that they sent me when I enrolled in the course was this, you know, it was a 78 page thing about your life. And, and that was so helpful because 
what it was, was a timeline of what my life, I mean, I mean, the question was, well, where were you born? And, you know, what was your, you know, what was your, describe a time in your life when, and, and, and it kind of gave me a timeline and I started to really kind of understand, you know, that, that despite the amount of success that I had, you know, it wasn't fueled by the right stuff, right? There was, there was some of it that was, that was fueled by some things that I believed about myself that were untrue. And, and, and then there was a lot of stuff that was just fear, right? It was, you know, I, I had, uh, I had experiences in my life where I was a workaholic and I list, I missed, you know, the, I probably missed the first eight or 10 years of my kids' lives and stuff. And I look back at that and, and, you know, I, I think there was some things that I was carrying some shame and I was, you know, there was some, there was some guilt around a lot of that stuff and, and, and being able to be honest in a non-judgmental way, just looking at it, you know, for what, not for what was right or what was wrong and what was good and what was bad, but really just what was. And that was kind of where everything started to shift. Right. And it was funny when I filled out that form, um, you know, then the next thing was, is, you know, where are you now? And what's, you know, and so I had to sort of come up with, with what, what I thought I was. And, and then when I filled it out, yeah, you know, then I went through module one with IPEC and, and then I thought, you know, there's something that doesn't seem like it's in alignment. So I went back and I felt I looked at that form. And what I found was that when I when I looked at that form that I, you know, the second form I filled out, it was like, well, that's my ideal self, right? But that's not really who I am. That's maybe that's a vision of what I, I can be, but it's not really who I am. And then and then they they talk about walking your talk and and you know, being true to yourself and being honest about that, and and so that sort of that sort of you know shook me, and I'm like, well, I wrote this as if my wife got a hold of it, if my business partner got a hold of it, what I'd want them to think of me, but this is not who I am, and and you know, there was power in that, right? There was there was a lot of kind of that's okay, it's okay that I'm not this person because my journey's not over yet, it's a journey, and and so then I started to sort of you know just reconstruct my journey from there. And, uh, you know, started to make some changes. Um, yeah, so that's, that's kind of, uh, that's, that's the best way I could describe that. Yeah, that's such a powerful exercise. And I think most people would kind of go the same direction that you went in, like creating your mm-hmm. ideal self on paper. Yeah. But being honest with yourself about where you're at, like, it's great to list all the things you're super great at and whatever, but it's also super, super important to acknowledge some of your weaknesses and things that you can mm-hmm. improve on. Um, I think that is where most people's growth happens is acknowledging some of those lower aspects of your life and figuring out how you can use the things you're great at to improve those other things. So I think the honesty piece is such an important part of everybody's growth journey. Absolutely. You know, I, I, I look back at the, at that time, um, you know, those, I call them the dark period, but I look back at, at that sort of dark period and, and, and for me, I'm grateful for it. Right. Because because what I learned and, and I, you know, I knew this in parts of, in other parts of my life, right? Like I wasn't a believer in failure. I, I didn't think that, that, you know, failure existed. I think that, you know, failure is not the opposite of success and failure is the pathway to success, right? You, you know, you know, Einstein was asked, you know, how can you fail 10,000 times in building the incandescent light bulb? He says, I didn't, I found 10,000 ways that didn't work. All I needed to do was find one way that worked. Right. And when you apply that thinking to what was going on, you know, it, it, it releases you from judgment, right? It, it's not good or bad. It just is right. Like it sucked that I was going through it, but it, it was great that I was going through it because I was able to become the person that I'd become out the other end. And, and, you know, um, wouldn't it be great if we were all born perfect? Well, so first of all, I don't believe perfection exists, right? And I think that that's a construct that, that you know, the media and especially, you know, like people who go through social, who are on social media, and I think that that's why my, you know, my initial comment here was this is not a medium that I'm comfortable with is because, you know, the first thing I coached on was my my absolute terror of social media because, like it, it can be a great force, a uniting force, but it can also tear people down, right? Because they, they, they build these ideas of what you should be. And I'm like, well, it should be compared to who, right? Like who says you should do anything? Who says, you know, who says it's right for you? Who says that this body image is, is important? Who says that, you know, any of that stuff, it's, it's, um, I, I just, I think it's, I think it's terribly unhealthy. And I think that that's one of the things that leads to a lot of this mental health, uh, the, the crisis that exists right now. And, you know, I'm so grateful for a platform like this that calls, 
you know, that calls it what it is, right? Like it's, it's a mental health crisis. And, and I, I think it's amazing that you have a platform that's dedicated to um, improving mental health and understanding mental health. So, you know, there, there's, there's just so much respect and gratitude for, you know, what you do. Thank you. That is very sweet. And I appreciate that. Um, but I totally get what you're saying about social media. And I think the biggest thing with that is like, you, you don't know what's true. You right. never see what's going on beyond the one post that you see. Right. There's the editing, the filters that are like directly related to body image and social comparison. But then there's also like only posting your highlight reels and not seeing other people's lows. So if you're going through a low and you're only seeing all these great things online, you really do start to internalize that and look at yourself negatively. Absolutely. And, and I think, you know, uh, you know, one thing that I learned um, through coaching and, and just through the whole coaching process is that, you know, vulnerability is not a weakness, right? Vulnerability is a superpower. Like it, it really is. And I connect with people because I am who I am, right? I mean, I'm emotional. I'm, you know, it's, it's, it's part of my journey. So, so it makes me emotional. And I was, I was fully invested in this because, you know, I decided to live, right? And then I, I got to choose the quality of the life that I wanted to live. And, I, and you know, I think there's power in that. But you, you, can't really, you can't really come to those grips if you're just not going to be real, right? And be authentic. You have, to, you have to line up authentically with who you are as a person. And, and it's, it's when you're not in alignment, when you're, you know, when you're trying to be something that somebody says that you are, or trying to be something you're not, that's when things sort of go off the rails, right? And so I look at my dark period as a time when I was in transition, I stopped being the person that I was, and I needed to become the person that I was going to become. And that was a necessary part of my journey. And if I don't share that part of my journey, like if all I tell you is I'm great and this is why I'm great and this is why I think you should think I'm great, then I, I just don't think that that's not authentically who I am, right? There's no authenticity in that. And, you know, you have to embrace yourself for what you are because you're, you know, the only question at the end of the day um, when things started to really sort of come together for me, I asked myself one question and that was, do I love myself, right? And that was the goal. The goal was self-love and, and, you know, liking the person that you see in the mirror every day, because you can't shake that person, right? That person is there. Like, it's just, it's always, that person's always staring back at you. And, you know, so then it became, well, how do I, how do I improve the relationship I have with myself? And, you know, an interesting thing happened is when I started to improve the relationship I had with myself, every relationship in my life improved, Right. And, and, you know, there, there's, you know, people I've heard, so for eons, you know, you, you can't love anybody else more than you love yourself. And I thought, that's just garbage, right? But it, it's so true. Like, it's just, it's so true. And it's so true from experience, right? And so, you know, the most important thing that people can do is work on themselves, right? And that's what, that's the whole idea that coaching is and, and what it allows me to do. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's a sort of a microcosm of what I've done for a lot of, you know, I, I didn't take a lot of pride in the success that I had. I didn't, I didn't take time to pat myself on the back and stuff. But, you know, when I had salespeople who were achieving, you know, great things, I would celebrate their success. I, you know, when I had mortgage agents who were doing, you know, amazing things, things that they didn't think they were capable of, I wanted to celebrate their success. It had nothing to do with my success, right? My basic philosophy in business was if I can help you have the best year of your life, then we're going to be fine. Right. And that's going to be my focus. And and, you know, so so that's kind of how I approach coaching. I approach coaching was, listen, let's let's get you unstuck. Right. Let's find a way to to, to get you to a point of, of actually liking yourself and then eventually loving yourself. And 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 because because I know what the impact was for me and the transformation for me, like it was, you know, if that's that's really what I want for other people. Right. I just I just want to be a part of their journey. And, and, you know, I just I just want to help them along to achieve whatever level of success that they're able to achieve. And, and you know, not because there's something in it for me, but because because I'm kind of the example. Right. Like, you know, just to give you an example, um, you know, 12 months ago, I, I was about 275 pounds and today I'm less than 200 pounds. So, you know. You go on that journey, not because of body positivity or because of, of, of anything like that, but like I was diabetic. 
I was hypertensive. I had high cholesterol. You know, I, I had to have my knees replaced. I mean, I'm 55 years old and I, and I, you know, I was, I was going to have to have my knees replaced and then probably replace them again in 10 or 15 years. Like all of those things just seem like they were hideous to me. Right. And so what I've effectively been able to do by adjusting, you know, who I was as a person and how I showed up, but also adjusting my mindset was I was able to drop 70 pounds, you know, I was, or 75 pounds. I was, I was able to cure a chronic illness, right? I was able to cure hypertension. I don't take diabetes medication anymore. I don't take any type of antidepressants or any type of anti-anxiety medication. So I was able to break free of all of that stuff. And not to say that that stuff is bad, but if there's a way that you can manage your life without it, and it, it became a choice, then you know, what's wrong with making that choice? And so that was the choice that I made for myself. And not everybody wants to make that choice. But for me, it worked. And, and you know, it, it truly was transformational, right? Like, I, I remember having a conversation with my wife and, and you know, it was, it was kind of in the dark time. And I said, so, you know, how would you characterize our relationship? And she says, you know, we're kind of roommates. And that kind of, like, like, that was hard, right? That was, that was like, oh, my God. Like, roommates. Wow. The love of my life is my roommate. Sorry. It's okay. So I knew change needed to be made. And, you know, I, I think the, the most important thing I can say today is like, we're not roommates, right? Like we're partners, we're life partners. We're falling in love again. Right. So is there practical uh, solutions? Yes, absolutely. Right. Is it work? Sure it is. Of course it's work. Is it worth it? For me, it's it's worth everything, right? It's the difference. It's the difference between living the life that you want to live and living the life that's foisted upon you, right? That you think you have to live. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. I think just when we hear people's stories and the vulnerability piece is where the impact is the greatest. And I just love how you you were kind of mentioning it as a necessary part of your growth. It was a really crappy time, of course, but you wouldn't be in the position that you're in today if you didn't kind of hit that bottom. And I know a lot of people struggle with finding gratitude or peace in some of those really difficult times in our lives, but sometimes it really is just switching the way that you think about it, the way that you talk about it. It's saying that like, you know, that time sucked, acknowledging that, but if I didn't have those really dark times, it wouldn't have pushed me into getting into coaching. I wouldn't have really taken the time to get back into reading, help other people, serve myself while serving others. And I think a lot of people do kind of flourish when they hit that low. It's unfortunate that that has to happen first, but I think there's so much learning and healing to do in those really difficult times. Yeah, I I, I would I would agree wholeheartedly. I mean, the the truth of the matter is 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 you know, just from an appreciation perspective, right? If, if, if all the lights are green, you, you know, like you kind of go through life, like it's like, it's easy, like it's simple. And, and, you know, you do a, a mental health podcast, you know, life's not easy, right? It's not, it's, it's not like, it's simple, right? Like the concepts are simple, but they're not easy. Right. And that's why the struggle exists. And it's, and, it, and, and the truth of the matter is, man, that's where the growth happens right? It's in that, in those times of struggle, in those times of, of difficulty is when the, the growth really happens. And listen, every monster movie you ever see where there's transformation, where, you know, they're going from, you know, Dr. Jekyll's going to Mr. Hyde and all of that stuff. There's always pain, right? There's always, there's, there's always this, this, you know, this agony and stuff. And, and it doesn't always have to be that agony, but, but that's what happens with growth, right? And not to say that you have to turn into a monster or anything like that, but but anytime transition happens, transition's tough, right? And and sometimes we don't even recognize that we're in transition. I didn't know that I was in transition, right? I didn't know that I was transitioning from one phase of my life to another. I didn't have the vocabulary around that. I didn't have the words that were necessary to understand any of that, right? Until I started to do the studying, until I started to do the work. And once I did the work, man, it was so worth it. Right. It was like it was so worth it. And that's what makes it worth it. it. It's the work that makes it worth it. And I don't know if that makes sense to you, but, you know, that's the that's sort of the way I think about it. Right. It's 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 the necessary part so that you can experience how great life can be, because if you don't know that life can be pretty crappy 
and pretty shitty, then you don't really appreciate it, right? And if you live life with a lack of appreciation and a lack of gratitude, then you're not living a full life, right? But I'm grateful for where I am today. I have so much gratitude around the people in my life and the, you know, the people who have, have guided me on this journey and, and have participated in the journey and the people that I get to impact, you know, I, I get to be a part of their journey. Right? And that that just carries forward, and that's it's it's such a it's such a cool thing. It's just it's nothing that I could ever have experienced had I not gone through that dark period. No, that's something that I can absolutely resonate with. I think when you put the time into yourself, like it's really just investing in yourself, your own self love, your own energy, and whatever you feed into your mind is exactly what you're going to be able to give out to other people. And I mean, for me, it was reading as well, reading the books, putting time into myself, going to therapy for other people that could look different. Um, But I think reading was such a big part of that initial stage for me. And I wanted to ask as well, have you read any of Brene Brown's books? So um, I have read everything that Brene Brown has (laughs) ever written. Um, I've watched all of her podcasts. All of that messaging is so important. And, you know, there was a part in Daring Greatly, actually, um, where, you know, that Daring Greatly was the first book I picked up. Actually, if you see behind me on the wall, uh, you can't really make it out. But that's that's actually the man in the arena quote by uh, by Teddy Roosevelt. Um, so have I read Brene? Yeah, I sort of a bit. <laughs> but, you know, I thought it was so neat because like, you know, Brene's Brene's, uh, you know, a woman author. Right. And 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 of course, she writes about women. And in Daring Greatly, she even talks about how, um you know, a lot of her stuff was written for women and with women in mind and till a man walked up to her at an event and said, listen, we struggle with the same shit that you guys are struggling with. Right. This is not a, just a women thing. Right. This is this is a mindful thing. And and then, you know, she became aware of of the fact that 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 men have their own struggles. Right. Men have you know, we have our own construct about what we're supposed to be and we're supposed to be masculine and we're supposed to be this. And, and, you know, and I, and I think that that's part of the problem in our culture is, is, you know, we have this idea that, that, you know, we have to be toxically masculine or else, or else we're, you know, we're infeminate and anything like that. That's just, it's just such bullshit. Like it just, it just is right. It's just, it, it's just so unnecessary and, and just, it takes away so much of what life is. Right. It's like, even in the, even in the coaching field, I mean, like in, in, in my class of, uh, of 40, you know, I was probably one of about six or seven men. Right. And, you know, for the, so for the first time in my life, I get to be the, the sort of minority. I get to be, I get to be the guy who's, who doesn't look like all the rest of the coaches and stuff. Right. But it doesn't mean that I don't connect with that because, you know, we all have weakness, right? We all have things that we need to improve. We all have vulnerabilities. And if we keep them hidden, right? Like, you know, we do gremlin work as a coach, right? And if, and gremlins, you might be too young for gremlins, but you know, gremlins were these little monsters that lived in the darkness. And, and, you know, but my generation kind of grew up on that. And as soon as you shine light on it, then they scatter. And that's the truth, right? As soon as you shine light on all this bullshit construct of, of masculinity and all this and what you're, you know, what people think you should be and everything, then it just, it all unwinds, right? Because at the, in the core, we're all just people. And, and you know, we all get up and, and we all put our pants one leg at a time on the same way. And, you know, it, it, like these ideas that you have to be a certain thing and stuff. And, and so for me, Brene Brown crushed that whole concept, right? It just, it brought me in touch with, with who I was as a person. Not as a man, but as a person, because we're people first, right? And then, you know, all the rest of it is just all the bullshit that people put on us and all the labels and all the stuff. And, you know, it's just, it's just, it it just creates a a dogma around, you know, what you're supposed to be and who the hell's supposed to be by whose, by whose standards, Right. And, and so, yeah, it's, it's awesome that you asked me about Verde, but, but yeah, absolutely read everything, like everything, everything, everything. I prescribe her to, to my clients. Like, you know, yeah. <laughs> I was just curious because you were talking about guilt, shame, vulnerability, authenticity, yeah. and you can tell when somebody's read Brene Brown, just the way yeah. that they talk about that stuff. So as you were talking, I'm like, I have to ask. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> and <laughs> One of my favorite quotes from one of her books, I'm going to be butchering this, but something about when you unveil like the darkest parts of your lives, like that's when you're able to live the human experience fully and really connect to others. And 
that's what got me into doing this work. Um, sounds like that's what also got you into doing this work. So it's just so powerful that when you can really learn to understand the true power of vulnerability and what it can create, not only for yourself, but for other people, um, it really just lets you tap into those dark parts of your life and reframe them in a way that's beneficial for everybody. Yeah, it's, it's, there's freedom in it, right? You know, and and some of your audience might have uh, can maybe resonate with this, but there's a scene in Eight Mile, um, the the last rap battle uh, that Eminem's character is having, where you know he stands up on stage and he says, "Yes, I'm white trash," and it, like he says all the stuff that you could pick apart. Yeah, my mom's a you know my mom's a whore, my, whatever, all of that stuff. And you know, at the end, he just sort of drops the mic, and then the guy he's having the rap battle against there. He has no power, right? Because there's nothing in the darkness anymore. It's just light. And he shined the light on himself and says, yeah, so what? What are you going to say about it? And there's nothing to say anymore, right? And so when you just strip away all of that stuff and all of that I'm supposed to be and I'm so cool and I'm so macho and I'm so this, and you just show up for the world, what the hell is anybody going to say about it, right? You're going to tell me? Like, all the things that I've just told you about me? No, right? So it strips the power from the adversary. It, 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 makes it, it makes it real. And then there's a connection, right? Because, you know, he connected with the audience because he was honest and he was authentic. And, and I, think, I think that there's, and that's why I said it's a, it's a superpower, right? Because when you take all of, the, all of the things that you're supposed to be and all the things that people are, are, are supposed to think about you and say about you and stuff, and you just lay it bare and lay it out there for the world to see, it just is, right? It's not good or bad. It just is. My experience is, is my experience, and it just is. And if I was anything else, I wouldn't be authentic. And it'd be just, it would just be me playing a role, you know, that, that is, is just not who I am. And that's not how I have to show up. I have to show up as my true self. And that's all part of me, right? Mm -hmm. It's just, it's just part of me. And when you do that, you just create the ability for yourself to actually own your own story and not let other people kind of speculate their own opinions into it. And I think that's been super powerful for me is just, I get to say what my experience has been. Nobody else knows what it's been. So yeah. to hell with all of your opinions and judgments. Um, but really just like tapping into who you are, what your experiences has been is like such a freeing everything experience mindset shift. Like it changes your life. Yeah, ab absolutely. Because I mean, you know, what are the gremlins going to say, right? What are the, what are the other people going to say? Right. It, 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 listen, <laughs> how much more bad shit do you want? You, you, you want me to tell you? I was a pothead. Like, you know, I was a 55 year old, or 53 year old pothead, you know, listen. And, 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 and that's just that's my reality. Right. And so when I tell my story, it, it's it's I tell the whole story. Right. I tell the story about when I was on welfare. I tell the story about when I went bankrupt. I tell the story about, you know, it, because I can't just talk about, you know, the being a millionaire and being, you know, all of that stuff and having the success and all the greatness and all the stuff that comes with it. I can't just talk about that because that's not, that's not true. Right. And so it is what it is. And you can judge me if you want. I don't care. That's fine. But the fact is, and, and I think that that's how I overcame my fear of social media. That's how I overcame my fear of public speaking. That's how I overcame my fear of, of anything. Right. I just accepted it for what it was. And, and I'm doing it for me. I'm like, you know, I don't care if anybody listens to this podcast. No offense. And I hope, every, I hope you have great readership and viewership and stuff. And I hope this, this continues. But, but honestly, I'm on this thing for me. And if, and if somebody gets even one little nugget out of it, then it's been a successful journey, right? It, it's that successful. But I mean, to do this for other people and to show up in your life for other people and to post on social media because you're somebody you're not, that's just, just be authentic, man. <laughs> just love yourself. Just love yourself. Put your arms, wrap your arms around yourself and give yourself a hug and love yourself because that's the secret. I love that. And kind of related to that, I know you mentioned that mindfulness has been a big part of your journey. So in the self-love realm, um, what role has mindfulness really played in both your personal and professional life? Yeah, really everything, right? Like, like becoming more mindful, becoming, be, becoming at peace. And the only way that you can become really, truly peaceful is, is like, you just, you have to take quiet time. You have to take time to, for yourself, time to, to not think, but time to just be, 
right? Like, you know, we're human beings. We're not human doings, right? We're not, we're not defined by the things we do. We define by the people that we are and the beings that we, we, we become. And, you know, that's, that's the reality, right? So, so mindfulness is everything. And, 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 you know, caring about the other person, that's part of mindfulness, you know, but caring about yourself first, right? And, and, you know, taking care of yourself first. And, and I have so many clients who struggle with the idea that, that it's all up to them, right? They have their, their mothers and their, and, you know, fathers, and they have, they have young kids and they have uh, responsibilities, they have this and, they, and, and, you know, so we talk about, well, so what about you? Like, what do you do for you? Oh, well, I don't have time for that. Okay. So, you know, it sounds to me like you're the juggler, right? You juggle a lot of balls, got a lot of balls in the air. Yeah. Oh yeah. I got lots of balls, lots of balls in the air. So what happens when the juggler's not there? What happens to the balls? Oh, right. All the balls fall. I'm like, right. So who's the most important person here, right? The juggler. Cause like, you know, I can't juggle, but you can juggle. Right. And I certainly can't juggle your balls, but you can juggle. So let's take care of you. Right. Let's get mindful with you. Let's make sure that you're talking about things that are important to you and that your head is in the place that it needs to be in. And, and the only way to do that is through being mindful, right? It's, it's mindful of your environments, mindful of, of the people and, and how they, you know, is this relationship serving me? Am I getting out of this what I need to get? And if, it, if it's not, then, you know, how do I move on? How do I, how do I put boundaries into, in, into my life, right? How can I, how can I, I put up some, some guardrails? So that we can keep moving down the road, because that's that's the most important thing. And the way that you do that, the way that I did that, was becoming mindful, right? So being honest, and then and then really thinking, and and spending some time with your own thoughts, and spending some time, you know, and then meditating. I I I'm a big proponent of meditation and getting calm. And you know, I spent my life on, you know, I, I was a workaholic, you know, working 80, 90 hours a week. You know, I was I used to take. Man, I used to take ephedrine, caffeine, and ASA just so I could keep, you know, keep the fire burning, right? And that was that was the way I had to survive. And, you know, because I had to perform at a particular level and I had to make sure it like that's all bullshit, right? I had to get calm. I had to get peaceful. I had to get serene. I had to, I had to enjoy myself. I had to become comfortable in my own skin. And the only way you can come become comfortable in your own skin is through mindfulness, right? It's through just being and then nothing else and then you can start to do the rest of it i love that juggling analogy that's definitely one that's going to stick with me (laughs) um but the one word that always comes to my mind when i'm talking about mindfulness is intention and intentionality is like how i would describe mindfulness in my own life and it's really just about doing the things that you need to do and fully leaning into that. Like if I'm having a bad day and I just want to sit on the couch and watch Netflix, like tell yourself, like I am doing this for myself. I need some time to relax, like not shaming yourself and saying like, Oh, I'm so lazy. I'm sitting on the couch all day, eating McDonald's, whatever it is. Um, It's really just being intentional about thoughts, actions, goals, whatever you want to call it. Um, and really just making sure that you are pouring into your own cup. Because at the end of the day, you can't be that person for other people if you're not there for yourself. Yeah, so 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 wise. I mean, the the intentionality, absolutely, right? That's that that's that's the wisdom. Like that that's absolutely, absolutely the truth. You know, I mean, it doesn't matter that you're sitting on the couch eating McDonald's. It's it what matters is I'm giving myself permission to sit on the couch and eat McDonald's. Right. It's that it's that allowing yourself the space and the grace to be able to be what you need to be in the moment. Right. Because, listen, again, what happens when the juggler breaks down? Right. And so if you need quiet time and you need you need McDonald's time and you need, you know, you just you just need to to, to do some Netflix or do whatever. I mean, that's what you need to do. And you need to be able to give yourself permission because. That's what you should be doing in the moment. You shouldn't be doing whatever other people want you to do, right? Because that's their shit. That's not your shit. And you need to feel comfortable with that, right? That's, it, is, it is so critical. Like one of the things, you know, one of the things that we work on uh, with, with coaching and we delve into, and, and, and I'm glad you mentioned intentionality, but we work on, like we make decisions, you know, using, there's four components to making a decision, right? Or, or four ways that we make a decision. We're like, I'm not making this decision. I'm not doing this. Or else, you know, I really, I have to make this decision, right? Which, which creates a lot of negative kind of feeling, right? Or else I should make a decision, which again, creates a whole lot of uh, more of that negative feeling. And then I choose to make this decision, 
right? And as soon as you can get to it from choice, which is intentionality, like you talk about, that's the secret, right? Because if you think about what you don't want to do, what you need to do, what you should do, and then what you choose to do, the energy there is completely different, right? It goes from feeling like icky and gross to feeling like, yeah, I want to do this. And then when you want to do this, then it clears up. And that that's one of the things, you know, that we do a lot of work on removing blocks because we get people to do things by choice. And we get, you know, we, we focus on awareness. We focus on acceptance, right? We focus on, on just trusting the process and, and being in the moment. And when we can do that, that's exactly what that does. And intentionality is a, is a, is a wonderful sort of catch-all for all of that stuff. So I love that. And I'm going to steal that from you if that's okay. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm stealing things from you. Perfect. <laughs> that's all this is about, honestly. And you have just said so many amazing things throughout this whole conversation. And hopefully if people are listening to this, um, they can take one thing away. That's always my goal. Just even if it's one small mindset shift, one idea that you can apply to your own life, like. That's all I'm trying to do here. Um, and on that note, I kind of wanted to wrap up this conversation with any advice that you would give to anyone who is currently going through a difficult life transition or who feels stuck in their growth journey. Yeah. Um, but the best advice is that it's real, right? It, it, it's real and you're in it. And, you know, because you're in it, you know, you're in it. Like you're, you're literally in it. And sometimes the best way to sort of realize it is to back off and, and see it from a, a, a 30,000 foot view, if that makes sense. Right. Because we get in the mundane things and and, you know, in coaching, I don't have any solutions for people. Right. The solutions come from within. They come from them. And, you know, the very best coaches that I've had, the best coaches that I've, I've worked with, the best coaches I've trained with just ask great questions. Right. And, and they they evoke awareness and they and they make you think. Right. So somebody somebody says something, you know, and then you, you said, so what I heard you say was this. And like, how true is that for you? And they're like, oh, my God, I can't believe I said that. Right. Because because you're you're in the the, the minutia of of what's going on. You're, you're in there pulling the strings and stuff like that. And, and that's natural. Right. It's completely natural. It, it, it's understandable that you're in that because like. You're in your life. I don't know what it's like in your life, but I, I know what you're telling me. I know what you're saying to me. Right. And I can kind of, and I can kind of play that back to you a little bit. And, and, you know, I'm a bit of a mirror, right. But I'm a mirror without judgment. I create a space where there's, it's a judgment free zone, right. There is no judgment in this space because I don't deal with what's right or wrong. I just deal with what is. Right. You know, you've got lots of friends who, who have lots of advice and stuff. And, you know, they and they, they're all meaning well, like these are all well-meaning, you know, like like wonderful people. But they you know, they have a dog in the fight and I don't I don't have a dog in the fight. Right. And so as a coach, when you're in transition and, and I know this from personal experience, I had no idea I was in transition. I had no idea what I was going through until I started to learn about transition and, and what the language around transition was, right? I, I, like going back to Brene Brown, one of the neat things that her last uh, HBO special was all about creating a language for feelings, right? Like what anguish meant. And if we don't know, if we don't really think what anguish really means and what it feels like. So when we have this feeling, there's a word for it. It's anguish. And once you're able to define that feeling, well, now you can start moving it forward, right? It's like, it's like, you know, one of the first things we do with, with those gremlins, those, those little voices that are in the, you can't, you're not good enough, you're not smart enough, you're not pretty enough, you know, is we name them, right? And once it has a name, well, then you're shining light on it. And once you shine light on it, well, now you can, it's, it's, it's a solvable, there's a solution to it, right? Something becomes solvable. And that's really what we help people do. We help people get to the point where they recognize the things in their own minds and in their own way. Sometimes it's them. And, and sometimes it's other relationships and sometimes it's, it's other things. But that's really what I think the key is, is to recognize where you're at. And when you're in transition, because you're the one transitioning, you don't realize it, right? And like when you're in a race car, I got to believe these guys who, are, who drive F1 cars at, you know, 200 miles an hour around, around hairpin corners, they don't think of it. They don't see how fast they're going, right? They just memorize, this is where I have to do this and this is where I have to do that. Everybody else sitting on the outside watching it go, going, holy Christ, look at that, right? This is unbelievable. And it's because, like, they're focused on one thing, and that's keeping it on the, on the road, right? We're, 
we're in the stands in, in wonderment. You know, it's almost like a racehorse, right? You see a racehorse, what do they do? They put blinders on that thing so it doesn't look side to side. Well, most people who are living their lives, they're living their lives with blinders because if they look side to side, they might tumble and they don't want to tumble. They just want to keep doing what they're doing. And, you know, thinking of the old ways, thinking about all the things that got them there. Well, it's not the things that got you there that's going to get you to the next step. It's the things you don't know yet. And so that's the, that's the part of uncovery and that's the part of, of discovery and journey. I, I hope that answers your question. There's like a bunch of different metaphors there. <laughs> no, absolutely. I think all the different directions are great because different people will resonate with different things. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but honestly, I've learned so much from just having this conversation. And I think it's so empowering, inspiring, however you want to call it, to just hear these stories of people who have, you know, had all this great success, but then went through a really dark period. And then how you're kind of coming back up, like life is a roller coaster. That's what it is. Yeah. And you're going to have really great days and really shitty days. And I think it's just so powerful when we hear these stories and kind of share what mindset switches you've made, what relationship changes you've made. Like just when you hear these little things, you know that there's somebody else out there going through the same thing. And it just, it changes the world. So thank you so much for everything that you're doing and for all the inner work that you're doing on yourself to be able to serve yourself and others. And I just really have appreciated our conversation today, Kevin. So thank you so much. Thanks, Angelica. Again, I, I, I can't speak, um, I can't say enough good things about the platform you have and about, about what you're giving back to, especially, you know, people of your generation. I, I, I have kids of your age and, you know, the struggles that they have and stuff, they need people like you to shine a light on it. And thank you so much for shining a light on it. You're amazing. This, this whole process, this whole experience has been absolutely um, amazing. So, so just there's so much gratitude and so much appreciation. Thank you so much. I am obsessed with that juggler analogy, and that's definitely something that you're going to hear me reference again moving forward. I think it's so true that so many of us act as that juggler in our daily lives, taking on so much for ourselves and for other people, but you can't keep juggling if the juggler breaks down or if the juggler has too much to juggle. You can't keep up. And you know me, I love a good analogy, so that one just really, really stuck out to me, and I think is such a good representation of the entire conversation that we had. So I hope you liked that one as well. And then I also love the Eminem 8 Mile reference, which is why I chose that as my preview video clip for this week. But truthfully, when I started reading Brene Brown and learning about the power of vulnerability and authenticity, it changed my life. And that's not saying anything lightly. That's what encouraged me to keep posting on social media and to show up as my true self, the good, the bad, the ugly. And like I said in the conversation, I think that's what really gives you the power to own your story and free yourself of some of that judgment from other people, which is something that I have struggled with my entire life is that external judgment and constantly fearing what people are saying about me or thinking about me. But when you open up and share these things vulnerably and authentically, they don't have power anymore. And that's why I love that reference, because it is so, so true. Beyond that, there was so much that Kevin shared that I think can really resonate with people depending on where you're at in your life journey. And hopefully there's something that really stuck out to you. And I would love to hear what that is. So shoot me a message if something we shared really turned on a light switch for you. That is all for this week. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of The Revolutionized Mind. If you enjoyed this episode and have enjoyed other episodes, please don't forget to leave a rating and a review on whatever platform you're listening on as it really helps us reach more people and keep the show growing. I hope you have a fabulous rest of your day and I'll be back with another episode next Friday.